Our Favorite Albums is sponsored by Complete Data Systems. Retail stores are getting their tails kicked right now. As a retailer, you need the best possible tools in your retail store, including bulletproof point-of-sale software. If you need point-of-sale software, if you're looking to do open-to-buy, if you want the most complete retail reports possible, check out retailprodemo.com. That is retailprodemo.com. Our Favorite Albums is brought to you by financial advisor Darby Brockway at Edward Jones. Learn how Darby can help you reach your financial goals. Reach Darby at darby.brockway at edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. The art of storytelling in American lore tends to follow a character who starts at the bottom and ends up making it all the way to the top. That's the story of the American dream. Our society loves that fairy tale so much, and it was so prevalent throughout the early part of our nation's history. However, during the 1950s and 60s, the storytelling in America went through a radical evolution and suddenly highlighted the tragic and the sad ending. What happens when the characters in the story find themselves withering away on a dead-end street, going nowhere in a dead-end town. Today, we are talking about a great American tale about the backside of bar life, where good times and party nightlife slowly devolve into emptiness and desperate single-serving relationships. This is the 2006 album, Boys and Girls in America, by The Hold Steady, one of our favorite albums. Our Favorite Albums is a commentary, criticism, and music review podcast. All tunes are copyrighted and owned by the artist, not us. We just have to tell... <laughs> Motherfucker! We are just here to tell our opinions, which obviously are our own and don't reflect any artist, a sponsor, or whatever. This is Our Favorite Albums. Hey, this is Michael. That guy across the way from me is Jason. How's it going? And we are our favorite albums. Good to be back. Well, here we are. We are in our full-on episodes uh, as we had initially envisioned when we decided to put this together. The original master plan, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, last week we flipped a coin, and the one who won that coin flip was Jason. It happens occasionally. <laughs> Well, I did so, win. I did win. Yes. Yeah. And so that's going to be the only coin flip because from this point forward, we'll just go back and forth. And sometimes if we have a guest, then we'll let that guest pick. Uh, but for now, we're just going to go back and forth. Jason gets to go first. And Jason has chosen a very special album for us to kick off our inaugural normal episode format. So this is uh, Boys and Girls in America. As you said, this is the 2006 release by the 
criminally underrated, the hold steady. Yeah, criminally underrated. I love that. <laughs> well, it, it's true. It, it, it's a funny thing because there are a lot of people that really like them and know them well. I mean, we are by no means the only people. I mean, they, they've got a huge following. But right. I, I think in the broader sense of rock and roll, they get overlooked a lot in favor of shinier objects. Sure, I can see that. Well, and, and they really are an indie band. Without question, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think, uh, but they were an indie band before an indie band became so popular, like mainstream indie. Yeah, that, main, that, that that, that's a fair point. It, Their keyboard player had a mustache before it was hip to do so. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so that that kind of sets the time period there. Be- before it was ironic. Right? Before it was ironic. Yeah, right? or maybe I, it was ironic then. I don't know. Whatever. The hold steady is the genius of Craig Finn. He's the songwriter. He's the guitar player. He is the one who does the vocals. Uh, he's the one that puts these stories together. And what I love so much about people who can tell a good story is the ability to rope you into their world so that you know these characters within the first couple songs and you're stuck with those characters. The characters stick with you when you leave. And he does a really good job with the characters and the story, to your point. Sure. I mean, this is, a, this is a themed album, if you will. The album before this was uh, the same kind of I mean, he's got these characters uh, there's some specifically that he follows through in songs, and then there's also kind of the supporting cast of characters. Um, but just the way he paints the picture with what they're up to, with what they're doing, um, is fantastic. He's very, very good at what he does in, in, in all aspects. Yeah. So let's let's set the setting. Uh, his his world is Minneapolis. Correct. So they're a, they're a Brooklyn band, or Minneapolis band by way of Brooklyn, if you will. So Craig and uh, Tad, the lead guitar player, are both from Minneapolis originally. Okay. And the rest of the band, they formed the band in Brooklyn. So mm. that, that's a straight line from Brooklyn to, to Minneapolis, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but you, but you know, to your point, I mean, there's a lot of the uh, lyrical content. He paints a lot of pictures uh, in these stories that are set in Minneapolis. So there's a lot of. I mean, you definitely get some landmarks and things like that from the city. So, yeah. so as a Dallas guy, uh, I always thought it was cool uh, that uh, the, oh, the the guys that did. So the guys that worked with Wes Anderson, the two brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Owen sure, sure. and Luke Wilson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always thought it was cool that they were that they were from Dallas. And so, uh, you know, when they start putting together these period pieces, these these stories about what's going on inside this little world, that was in Dallas. And so, like, the, the, a bottle rocket was a movie that they did that was set in Dallas. That well, was cool. It's always fun when a place you're really familiar with gets a shout-out. Sure. Right? I mean, to, to our, our local community, the Toadies, you know, forever put the song in play that's named after our lake. So everybody around here, every time the song comes on, it's like, woo It's you know, Possum it's Kingdom. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Possum Kingdom by the Any, Anytime you get a shout-out to a place that you're familiar with, it's nice. So I'm sure all the people in Minneapolis loved sure. his lyrics. Now, now to be fair... Uh, the Toadies did Possum Kingdom, and uh, on that same album, uh, they did Tyler. Both of those songs happen to be about a killer, right? <laughs> someone <laughs> Correct, getting yes. murdered. So, I mean, that part <laughs> wasn't so fun. I mean, so the, the, the lyrics are a little dark, but so are Craig's and most of this stuff sure. uh, as well. So, so, so let's get into this. Uh, the, so, the, real quick, if I just wanted to bring up a point real fast, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, I started listening to Hold Steady in 2008 with the next album, which was Stay Positive, and. You referenced a song off of that album in our inaugural episode. I did. We talked about the fact that we were listening to Sequestered in Memphis when we decided to have this. So that right. was one of the reasons, all the other reasons with the Hold Steady, but I thought I'd kick it off with that because it does kind of give us a little bit of a, a story there. So, Craig, if this ends up it, somehow in your periphery, thank you very yeah, much. Thanks for the inspiration. You were the inspiration behind our favorite albums. A- absolutely. <laughs> one of. Now then, so... 
Uh, let's talk about Craig Finn and his storytelling. Sure. Uh, the legacy of storytellers within American music really changed with Bob Dylan. The way Bob Dylan had was telling a story about uh, it was more than just teenage angst and love. Uh, he was really talking about some pretty dark stuff, and he was really starting to have this social outcry in the early 60s before social activism came along. And there's so many artists that were inspired by what Bob Dylan was doing. Uh, you could go back and look at within that genealogy of like real live. And again, I call it Americana. It's not the country stuff that you think of like Jason Isbell or, or, uh, but it's, it's all Americana though. Sure. It's, it's, yeah. it's all about what's happening in America. Uh, this album, when we get into it, it's going to sound like Bruce Springsteen, the early stuff, the, the born to run the, um, I mean, just some of the this stories is, of, this of is Asbury very seventies, like that seventies kind of band, yeah, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And and I wonder why do you think that why do you think that stopped like when when glam metal became a thing why why did that stop like telling a story I I don't think MTV is very conducive to uh, lyrics that you have to spend a lot of time oh, yeah. thinking about yeah, good um, point you know so when you when everything changes over to more about the the image then the substance becomes less important right? sure so sure so uh, within this ethos within this setting uh, this is in Minneapolis for the most part. Correct. This is talking about people who are living in nightclubs and bars. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is youth gone wild. I mean, these are boys and girls in America. These are drugs. This is drinking. This is uh, all, all sorts of partying. And it sounds very good on the surface, but you know, Craig does a really good job of delving into the dirt that lies below, yeah. if you will, or yeah. you know how this. And, and to your point on the storytelling thing, um, I, I was just kind of curious because this came out in 2006, and obviously. Um, Rolling Stone and a lot of people really liked this album when it came out, but obviously it didn't have a lot of pop success. So I thought it was interesting. I pulled up the Billboard Top 10 Selling Albums, and I'm not going to go through them all because it's a who's who of shit for the most part. Really? Well, I mean, sorry, stuff I don't like. The number one album in 2006 was the soundtrack to High School Musical. Oh, my God. Number two is Justin Timberlake. Okay. There... I, I appreciate JC. I appre appreciate the talent, but this I, I, is nothing I that I have was, any, was songs. any interest in whatsoever, right? None of these things... Are going to show up on our list, really? There was a Rolling, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers album on there, but okay, but I think for their tenth comeback or whatever that was. But you know, for the most part, this is all pop music. This is what this is what everybody was buying in two thousand six, and that's kind of the the environment that this album was released in. Sure, which and I think really sets it apart from what's. I mean, it's completely the polar opposite of any of the stuff that's popular. And within that brainchild, you think about the indie music that was coming out at that point that you have so many indie bands now are probably a product of the fact that the number one song when indie music started becoming a thing was high school musical soundtrack. That's, that's whatever, a good right? point. Yeah. I, and listen, those people have way more money than either one of us put together. So it, it's hard to say that they did something wrong, but oh, I ain't no. listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from what you and I like to listen to, none of that's showing up on the playlist. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, it's a very different style of music. And we talked about this in our inaugural episodes about, you mentioned a lot like the auto tune. I mean, this is a lot of like high production value. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> writing songs for these people to sing and this kind of, and nobody can doubt the talent level. Sure. I mean, these guys can perform and sing and dance and everything else, but there's a difference from that. And you know what the boys at the hold steady are up to. Sure. And I guess it doesn't matter if you buy the vinyl or the CD, you can't hear the dance steps any better. on. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> 
twirl and kick and whatever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, they're all line dancing. Well, we did that too when I was a kid, but it was called square dancing. Yeah, I missed out on that one. <laughs> so this album is a real rock and roll album. And I think so many times when we talk about rock music, we lump so much into what rock is. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not rock and roll. It's popular music Hall of Fame, right? That's a very fair point. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, there's some rock and roll in there, but there's a whole lot of other stuff. There too, is. And yeah. it's predominantly popular rock. I, yeah. Listen, I, I listen to rap more than you do, but if it's a rock and roll Hall of Fame, rap isn't rock and roll. Rock, rap is rap, right? Absolutely. Uh, crossover Country is not rock it's and roll. Crossover yeah, country. it's Crossover yeah. Country. And so, I mean, I, I, how in the world you put, <laughs> I saw that Kraft work was I can't remember if they get it or not. That's not rock and roll. How does that even get nominated <laughs> for, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? To your point, I mean, this, everybody go have your own Hall of Fame and yeah. let rock and roll have theirs. Yeah, but anyway, well, but regardless, this album is rock and roll. So this is if, totally if, a rock and roll album. I, I'm going to bet that if you're listening to this, uh, unless you are as tunes geeky as Jason and I, you don't know this music. And if you have heard of the Hold Steady, it probably has been one or two songs. And when you hear Craig Finn's very distinctive voice, and I want to talk about voice in a second. But when you hear his very distinctive voice, you may go, I have heard of that guy before. I've heard that guy sing before. Well, yes, and he has a very distinctive voice, and it's the first thing you hear is his very specific uh, delivery of his lyrics. He does like kind of the, the speak, sing thing, yeah. right? And there's a lot of but, – but Talk, t- Talky singing. Talky singing. There yeah. you go. That's a good way to put it. Um, the guitar sounds are big, classic rock guitar sounds, big, fat, screaming guitar solos, and we have a very unusual uh, organ – Keyboard, which is very prominent, which obviously is not a uh, early aughts uh, rock and roll instrument. And once again, this is this is kind of a throwback yeah. to the the great the great classic rock days when there was a lot of organ in music and things like. Well, that. Well, they were making music. They were playing instruments. They were making music. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, b- big rhythm section, big drums. I mean, this is a this is an old school rock album that has a guy out front that's writing some very deep lyrics and delivers things very unusually. Sure. And back to the 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 talk of voice. If I'm talking about Bob Dylan, if you go Bob Dylan, everyone's going to go sing like Bob Dylan, right? Because that's exactly. the thing that sticks out. Or if you do Neil Young, the first thing you do is, "Old oh, man, look at my like that very distinctive voice." Bruce Springsteen somehow grew up in New Jersey, but sounds like he's from the hills of Kentucky. And so, I mean, you're talking about when you have a very distinctive voice that comes through. With Craig Finn, he has a very, very distinctive voice, and it's good. I, I love his voice, but he does a lot of talking because he's telling a story. And so as, as good as I think this music is, the thing that I love about this is his ability to tell a story and pull you in. Well, the stories are great, and I like the combination of both. I think the his stories on top of these great kind of almost fist-pumping rock anthem yeah. tunes is, 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 a, is a really interesting mix. And, and they're all unusual, like, non-rock star guys. I think a... The, one of the editorials from Rolling Stone uh, described it looked like the uh, an IT guy got a bunch of barbacks and put a band together. I mean, Craig Fenn does not look like he should be fronting a band no, necessarily. He <laughs> you know, it looks like he could be working in our office. You know, I mean, he's a and that's not an insult by any stretch of the imagination. I should, he just looks like a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is when I when I got to college and started seeing the guys that were, you know, this was mid nineties, so the hipster type guys that that, that I saw there that. If I'd seen them any other place, I'd go, "Hey, look at that nerd!" You know, look sure. at that. Yeah, look at that computer engineer. Um, they like to rock too. Well, it, you know, when I saw them, I, I I would think, "Why in the world?" Like there would be like one guy, like, "Why is he so popular? He's just a nerd." You know, what what's so cool about him? Why does he have all these people around us? And why? What is it when we go when we go out? Why is he the center of attention? Uh, then you 
when you, when you hear these stories that Craig Finn has put together, he's telling you why these are good time party people. And the party is just about over. And when you're left with the dust of a hard party and people have gone back to their normal lives and they've gotten jobs, suddenly your party becomes a habit and you are a liability. And that to me is so interesting about these songs that he's put together. I feel sad for the three characters, Charlemagne, Gideon, and Holly, just like I felt bad for some of those, those characters that were in that Lou Reed song. Sure. It's funny. You said sad. Um, I mean, the line that this album comes from is boys and girls in America have such a sad time together, which is on the road. Jack Kerouac mm. is where Craig Finn took that from. And that, that kind of sets the tone because th- that's the name of the album. That line shows up in a couple of the songs um, that have such a sad time. In fact, it's going to, we're going to kick it off. That's in the, the opening track. Um, there you go. So this is stuck between stations. First track off this album. I would say, if you don't like this song, you are not going to like the whole study. <laughs> this is a good. This is this a good, good representation. This is a good example of what they sound like, yeah. right? Those big yeah. guitarists we were talking about, driving rock. We got the keyboard in the background, and then Craig's going to come in and start giving us that speaky, talky, singy poetry. Yeah, but he's telling the story. Yeah, and it's like a, the whole thing's right? a story from the beginning to end. Yeah. I love that line. That is such a great yeah. line. She was a real good kisser, but she wasn't that strict of a Christian. She was a damn good dancer, but she wasn't all that good of a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And, and his ability as a lyricist to have these like bouncy flow right. that, that he does. Uh, you think about how it, he doesn't. He has rhymes, but they don't all rhyme exactly. They all kind of sound the same. And uh, so she was a real good kisser, but she wasn't that strict of a Christian. I mean, this that's right. It's, you know, the it sound uh, is is really impressive. Like very agree. very good poetry. He talks about John Berryman in the second verse. Where he says, uh, there was a night we thought John Berryman could fly, but he didn't, so he died. You know who John Berryman was? John Berryman was a poet. He had a book called The Norton Anthology of Poetry that uh, he jumped off of a bridge and killed himself in 1972. Well, there's uh, Craig once again pulling all sorts of stuff in for yeah. inspiration, right? Yeah. And, and the way he's able to weave these stories together and just have this, like, this really... <sighs> I, I don't want to call it grunge because it's not grunge, but it's like this real dirty feeling. Like you, you almost feel like an industrial side right. of town, right? Absolutely. But once again, the, it's like anthemic rock behind it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, close your eyes. Stop listening to Craig Finn's voice for a second and tell me this doesn't sound like one of the Springsteen songs. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. the little the chimey bells and the piano and stuff going. Right. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Fun piano playing. Yeah. Really fun piano. Franz Nicole, that's the piano player. Franz, what is it? Nicole? Nicole? N I C O L A Y. Nicola? Franz Nicola? 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 I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, 
I, uh, Let's just go with Franz. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, Franz. Hey, Franz. What's up? That, there's a there's a point in this where some of that piano comes out to the point where it sounds a lot like some of the Billy Joel stuff. Where again, if you look at the story that he was telling in scenes from Italian Restaurant, it's kind of the same thing. Girl does this, boy does this. He did that. He did this. You know, this ballad style storytelling that uh, man, it, it, it's so fun and it was so good and then it just stopped. And that's why I don't know how to classify this. This, is, this. I don't know if it's throwback or not because it sounds so new, but it also sounds old. What? Well, so, the, I believe the story goes that Craig and I think the guitar player Tat were sitting around and talking, listening to an album from that period, and they're like, "Why doesn't anything sound like this anymore?" Really? And so then they put a band together to go sound like that. Wow. So. I think the, the the title stuck between stations. You know where it could be radio stations or it could be stations in life. Uh, or maybe Stations of the Cross. You know, you think about... The, but the, the metaphor the works either way, right? Yeah, yeah. but but it's very intelligent. Craig Finn is a yeah, very yeah. intelligent guy. All right, uh, my note was that uh, this was ranked number 11 on Pitchfork's list of uh, top 100 songs of 2006. Nice. And 63 on the best of 2000s list. Nice. So that was a very, very well thought of song. This is a band that, once again, that music critics like. Yeah. And that musicians like. Yeah. But other people might not have heard of quite as much. This is a fun song, right? Yeah, Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy. I thought it was interesting, and uh, they were interviewing, and he goes, you know, it, it's not about cookies. Like, really, we, we didn't think it would be, Craig. Yeah, it's, it's about a horse, I mean, but it's also, it's kind of, it's not really about the horse, it's about the boy, it's not really about a boy, it's about a girl, I mean, it's about a bunch of different things. Yeah. Those were his words, you know. It, it's, it's about going to the horse races. There was a horse called Chips Ahoy that they bet on. They took the money, and they took the next week getting high on the money. Yeah, so here you go. He, he's got a girl that doesn't have to work. She can tell which horse is going to finish first. So that's her thing. She picks the winner, and then they go get high. Yeah. Well, and, and that play on the verse, that his flow, you know, when you listen to it, you think, oh, man, he's just talking through his lyrics, but he's not. But he's not. Yeah. It, this is such a sad line here for the chorus. If you really, I mean, It's catchy, but think about it. How am I supposed to know that you're high if you won't let me touch you? And like, so you've got this—that's a really sad line with this big harmony behind it. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. yeah. <laughs> like, once again, that's the thing I keep going back to. It sounds like you could pump your fist in the air to this, but then if you actually—and you could sing along without thinking about it. But if you think about it, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah. And and I defy you to listen to this album and not like have the song stuck in your head. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I've had a, a hold steady song stuck in my head that I sang and I didn't know what it was about, but I still had it like stuck in my head. I'm like, no, 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 no. And that's kind of the genius of the the band, right? Is that yeah. you have like you're talking the lyrics are so deep and the, it's a story, but the band just sounds so good and it's such a craftily put together tune that you can't help but sing and just like bounce it around in your head. Just, you want to pop it in the car and go along and listen to it, but there's more to this than just this organ solo. Yeah, listen, listen to that. Kind of that blinded by that is so throwback, right? <laughs> the Manfred Man and the Earth Man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, Bruce Springsteen wrote that song originally. Blinded I by did, the Light. I did not know that. Really? You never, you never heard the original Blinded by the Light? No, I've only heard the one that with it's, the, the it's awesome. reference. Uh, and so, I also want to point out that also kind of has that like Fairgrounds Calliope sound, you know, uh, like a, like a child's innocence. That's a really good way to describe that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and there is a lot of innocence. In this album, that's lost. Sure, and I, I, I think the lamentations that Craig is profusely uh, iterating on this is that he's really sad for these people who are stuck in this really pathetic existence. 
stuck between stations. You've gotten high so much, I don't even know the difference. Right. How am I supposed to know? Yeah. You don't even... I don't want to... But it, it's... Anyway, great song. That's a good rocking song, man. It really is. The next song up is Hot Soft Light. Now, I want to point out, uh, what makes rap artists so good? Guys like Tupac, um, Method Man of, of Wu-Tang... Uh, Biggie Smalls was their ability to have this impeccable flow of words that they use their words like an instrument. I love the way that goes. It's almost Listen, like a press conference. Yeah, right? I, 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 I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't even it. know that's where it happened. You know it was happening. Yeah. No, I wasn't there. I was over here. I was over here. I was over here. He's dropping street names now, you know. Well, he's telling you where it happened. Right. I, I, I was, here. I was over there. there. I was over there, yeah. Listen to the flow right here. Ready? That's a great line. I'm going to hit pause for the first time. Sure, go ahead. So, so that we can catch up on this. Uh, I talked about the, the, the influence of rap. Where, where if you didn't know any better and you read these lyrics, you might think it could be a rap song. I'll, That's a fair point. I'll read it to you. I've been straight since the Cinco de Mayo, but before I was blotto, I was blacked out. I was cracked out. I was caved in. You should have seen all these portals that I've powered up in. You tell me that that couldn't be put to a hip hop beat and that couldn't be a dominant flow rap song. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that goes to, the concept that any song is good in just about every genre. So you could take a song that's that's well a good crafted. song. Yeah, a good song is good in every genre. Yeah, because it, because it is poetry set right. to whatever, whatever the music side of this is. Yeah, if this wasn't a big rock and roll band behind him, and instead it was a sample, right? It, I wouldn't listen to it as much as you would, but the lyrics would still be fantastic, yeah. and his delivery would still be great. The, the poetry there is is wonderful. Uh, and then you think about someone with a bongo set up on the. <laughs> I was blacked out. I was cracked out. I yeah, was caved thing. in. I mean, that kind of like, you know, that, that big Nick thing where you're on stage doing your poetry. I, I think a lot of this, uh, if, if I try to put myself in the mindset of Craig when he's writing this, it's almost like he's picked up his journal on his next to his bed and he's just kind of like flow of consciousness, just da, 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 kicking da, da. stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but his skill and his ability is so good that it flows out like that. Now, his voice is distinctive. And you know I love melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ability to talk through and create melody from his talks, talky singing thing, is it's very really cool. It is very melodic, and once again, that goes back to where we, that's why you end up wanting to sing it constantly. Yeah. I mean, it's even with the talkiness, the the melody is something that just sticks with you. Yeah. And he does this play on in the chorus. Started recreational, it ended up kind of medical, and then he came on hot and soft and then it tightened up his tentacles and every chorus he kind of changes that just a little bit that's a cool pattern recreational medical tentacle like if I told you to come up with a word that rhymes with recreational could you do it Uh, I'd have to think about it (laughs) I wouldn't go tentacle So once again, I wasn't even there. I was over at this street, he's, and this is uh, just like a little map around Minneapolis, evidently. He's calling out. It, 
going to be taking any more questions. <laughs> I think my attorney. <laughs> the, the lyrics are funny, too. They're hilarious. Yeah. Like he's at a press conference that he got arrested, and he's like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. Like I didn't even know that's where it happened, but I wasn't there even. Actually, I don't know. Just my attorney says stop talking. <laughs> Okay, so I got some trivia for you. Okay. So there are two references in this song where he's talking about being a party, and he said, and the band played. And there's two songs in here, right? Screaming for Vengeance. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Well, that one's easy. Okay, so that's that's Black Sabbath. Screaming for Vengeance is... Judas Priest. Judas Priest. There you yeah. go. Well done. Nicely yeah. done. Good job. Yeah. And so Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Screaming for Vengeance are also the names of the album that those that's songs correct. are from. That's correct. Yeah. Fun. That's a good one. I just, because he mentions the song, it's just the cover band in the back, and I thought that was an interesting... Can you imagine being at the party where that's what the cover band's playing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Judas Priest and Black Sabbath from right. the 70s? And once again, <laughs> the instrumentation here is fantastic. You know, the keyboard and the guitar going back and forth. That's a big guitar that's solo. I, mean, that's, I love that tone. Gibson's, big Gibson guitars. Could you imagine being in a bar and this is the band that's playing? You didn't know who they were and you just kind of... You know, you and I have been in a bar before that we kind of knew the a few group. times. Well, it, and you think about it, Like when we were in Vegas, we saw uh, the... Um, who was that we saw? The Stone Foxes. The Stone we Foxes. saw the Stone yeah, Foxes yeah. in Vegas. And it was like three of us in the crowd. And uh, Yeah, and like we went there intentionally to see them. It's like, where's the rest of the fans? There were only three people there. And yeah. that may have been one of the best shows I've ever seen at a bar. That was a great... Yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to the Stone Foxes. Yeah, absolutely. Great band. There's a cross, and in the center, there's a hot, soft light. Wow. Rock and roll. <laughs> a little feedback at the end. Yeah, my note says this song starts with Craig Finn. Denying he was in a specific incident, so he's Correct, saying that yeah. it was not there. Uh, but in the end, it ends up going back to telling the story of the nightlife around this world that he's in. We, he, he was at the parties, yeah. yeah. Well, he only was there after all. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is pro- the next one coming up. Uh, probably my favorite song on the entire album. Man, is it rocking? Uh, it has a rock and roll guitar to it. Has a rock and roll beat to it. This is Sam Cooks. This is your favorite one on the album. I think I love it. Well, hold on. I, it's, a, no, it's a great it, song. It, it, it might be. Uh, that riff. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then that organ. That is a really driving, dirty guitar riff. Yeah. yeah. I made a note that sounds like Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. You know, it, it really does. You're right. And Craig's lyrical delivery on this, he's just spitting out lyrics, man, just yeah. as fast as he can. <laughs> Who would have rhymed to that? I didn't know Narragansett Bay even existed. If you just heard this, you'd go, that's a cool rock and roll song. It is. But there's so much sadness and so much pain sure. down inside this thing. The 
You got two water references there. So Narragansett Bay and Mississippi River, right? Right. Which I guess is on the Mississippi. I, yeah, I don't. Know, there's so many like bodies of water up in Minneapolis. And, yeah. That relentless organ, oh, man, jamming out, right? Yeah. He is getting into that organ. He really is. Yeah. Here we go. That is so hot. I mean, that is like blazing fire engine red hot. Screaming hot guitar. Yeah. Oh man, a little wah pedal there, yeah, a little wah. And then you tell me he's kind of a he's kind of a pedal hound too when it comes to tone. Oh yeah, I was looking at this. So he plays a lot of MXRs and a lot of bosses. And I was looking at pictures of his pedal board, and I, I stopped counting at like twenty. I mean, it's just huge amounts of pedals. Over really? There. I wonder if uh, I would love to see him live. I'd... I never have. Uh, they came back last year and released another album actually, so I, they'll be out on tour. Yeah, because they broke up in 2016, I think. Yeah, I believe that's yeah. And so kind of on keyboard, keyboard player left um, after Stay Positive. They got another guitar player in. I think keyboard player came back for a while. I'm not sure if he's back with them on the new album or not. Mm. It was that, Same Cooks. Pro- probably my favorite song. That I mean, that's, that's a, a great song, one. right? It's a great one. So uh, in Same Cooks, he has the line, "Gideon made a pipe." from a Pringles can. And that's the first time that we've heard from the three characters, Charlemagne, Gideon, and Holly. But he has the exact same line in this one, too. So he says, Charlemagne pulls street corner scams. Gideon's got a pipe made from a Pringles can. Holly's insatiable, but she still looks incredible. But she don't look like the same girl we met. Yeah, the characters are back now. Yeah. Yeah. Because all these characters were in the previous album. This is kind of his suite of people he talks about. And these three characters, Charlemagne, Holly, and Gideon, show up in a lot of his stories, right? For the first three albums, for sure. This is the first time on this album that I started like feeling sad, you know. This is a very melancholy song. Yeah, it's kind of like walking by the river, boozy, maybe you know, just mm. yeah. This, this is this is very melancholy. It really is. Kind of kicking rocks down the street, bass. Yeah, you know, just, mm, big big bottom lip sticking out because we're so sad. That's a good. That's a good image. That is a vivid image, isn't it? Golden with bar light and beer. Well, and that's the thing. Is again, one time it was fun. You know, it used to be fun to sit around and party and hang out in bars and stuff. But now we're to the point where. Your good time has become a habit, and when you live inside of a bar, then eventually your life becomes really, really a struggle. Absolutely. Well, he's got the line later in the song where he says that you know she's 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 inconsolable because she can't get as high as she got on the first night. 
It's like you know they're they're chasing the party; they just can't catch up. You know, yeah. It'll never be it'll never be as good as it was. Yeah, I think I think there's something too when you when you finally give in, you give in some sort of vice. You know, the first time you ever try drugs, or the first time you ever drink hard liquor, or whatever. Uh, you know, just that first experience where everyone has like a, the first time that I tried Goldschlager, you know, that whole thing, versus that time that we were at the lake and I was like, you know, sniffing it like it was a fine wine. <laughs> right. Oh, this is a, oh, this is amazing. Oh, this has got to be a 2011 Goldschlager. Goldschlager. <laughs> the cinnamon bouquet is just magnifique. You can almost smell the gold flakes. <laughs> There's the line I was talking about. This song is really going to take off now. And we're going to get the, the album title. Here we go. Boys and Girls in America. That building drum march back here. Sounds like someone's coming to get you. Yeah. So he's going to finish the song with, with When they kiss, they spit white noise Over and over and over and over And the song's just going to build And he's kind of making fun of those synth guys that we kind of make fun of too, right? Don't speak to all those sequencers and Beats Boys. When they kiss, they just speak white noise. Yeah. Yeah. So the house music guys, (laughs) those guys, don't really care what they have to say. They're not real musicians, right? They just speak white noise. And once again, that's a that's a very kind of classic rock ballady. Ballady then with the big, you know, once again the fist pumping thing at the end, you know, yeah. the guitar going off and the, the the piano just bringing you up and the over the repeated lyrics on the way out. A lot of uh, throwback there, but they managed to do it, and it seems fresh. Yeah, you know what's what's really cool about Craig Finn and what I like really respect about the guy uh, is he has a very distinctive. Uh, style to him you know his quality is very very distinctive when you hear his other music you're like well there's that talking singing part right there's old craig yeah uh but i gotta tell you he he mixes in that uh that troubadour style storytelling uh again i'm gonna go back to dylan you know he kind of that bob dylan or bruce springsteen early bruce springsteen stuff where he's telling a story but it's also anthemic you know and, and there's some really solid uh, backing vocal, vocals, 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 and harmonies and whatnot there, which really helped to make it more melodic with his particular style, right? Yeah. So, if you didn't have all that background singing, it wouldn't be quite the sing-along anthem music that it was because it would just be his talky, singy style. But with right. the, the big vocals in the background, it once again lends itself to that anthemic rock, like you mentioned. Sure, and 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 the other cool thing is if you take him uh, away from the band and you take away the amplifier and you give him 
a microphone on a stage with an acoustic guitar and you go, give me a show. He could do this entire album and it would sound awesome because th- these are really, really good songs. But and it would it, not be, it would not sound the same though. It would not be the be same different. album. Yeah, yeah it, it would be different. But, you know, his ability to flow with his lyrics and the, the ability to put these stories together, I think is really good. We're up against our very first break. We're going to take a quick break, uh, hear a word from a couple of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. This is our favorite albums, and we are covering the Hold Steady's Boys and Girls in America. Attention retail store owners. Listen for yourself and your customers. RetailProDemo.com will increase your profitability and efficiency. This tailored retail management software handles your front-end point of sale, improves customer experience, streamlines store operations and back office applications with powerful reporting and analytics. With concierge-level implementation and hands-on training, RetailPro, powered by complete data systems, will take your business to the next level. Visit RetailProDemo.com. That's RetailPro. Demo.com. Welcome back. This is our favorite albums. I'm Michael. That's Jason. And we are running down the 2006 album Boys and Girls in America by The Hold Steady. I'm going to take a shout out, shout back real quick to the point you made before the break because I thought about that for a second. Okay. You, you made the, that was on the song First Night? Correct. You made the point that if you took that song you took Craig and you took the band away and just gave him an acoustic guitar and had him perform it would be a great song. And you're right. It would be. But this is a theme between the two of us when we talk about stuff. <laughs> it would not be as good. Because without the band, I don't think his story stands up as well. I think the music behind it is what makes it. Because I think otherwise it's just it's just poetry. Whereas this is poetry in front of a rock band, and I think the the dichotomy of those two things okay. is what makes the whole steady so special. I, you know, yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good point. Uh, it's it's the duplicitous nature of this music where you listen to it, and go, man, that's a good rock and shit, right? But then you listen exactly. to it like, that's, oh, that's some really, really sad shit. <laughs> Holy fuck, that was deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not rocking. That's some sad shit. And so I think those two things together. And, and so it, the band would be great with another singer, and Craig would be great at what he does anywhere. But okay. I think what makes the whole study so special is together. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, I, you know what? I, I, will, I will stand corrected because I think you're right. Well, I wasn't um, trying to correct you. I just I wanted to throw that out there for thought, if you will. Sure. Sure. I, I think what makes that, I think if anybody else did that, like if, if you and I, uh, by the way, Jason and I have a, a, a little side project uh, where we'll we get on stage and we'll have just a couple guys, a couple mics and a couple guitars and we'll do songs that have no business being covered in an acoustic set. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, and uh, maybe that's the fun part about it. I think if we did one of, the, one of their songs, uh, it would be cool, but it wouldn't have the tooth that... And, and I think that's what I'm getting at there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you on that. So uh, we've gone through the first five songs. We're up to the song Party Pit. Uh, so we're getting into the stories of these individuals within this party atmosphere. And now we're going to get into when when they're actually at the shows, when they're actually out doing the drinking, what's going on with them. Interestingly, uh, according to the songwriting notes on this, so everything on this album is written by Craig and Tad in France. And so that's the... 
know, Craig, lead singer, rhythm guitar, Todd, lead guitar, and Franz, the keyboard player. With the exception of a couple, which were just written by Craig and Ted, right? Okay. This is the only one on here that was written by Craig and Franz with no Ted. Really? So this is just singer and keyboard, singer, rhythm guitar, and keyboardist wrote this song. Hmm. Interesting. I think when you listen to it, I mean, it, I, I get that. Sure. You know. Sure. Uh, and I, I want to go back to the the fact that he is a, a poet and a lyricist, that, that he's so freaking talented uh, that he has, uh, there is a verse in here that goes, and you'll hear him when he sings it, that he kind of has that wah, 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 you know, kind of that just like real talky, very, very distinctive style. Then he says, so we walked across the Grain Belt Bridge in a brand new Minneapolis. And she said, I think that all those things that I did were just momentum from the party pit. Uh, that's great. It yeah. Really is. And so, I mean, it, it kind of sounds, when I was listening to it, I mean, he was just throwing shit together. You know, he was just throwing words together. And then I went and counted. Those four lines are exactly nine syllables, nine syllables, nine syllables, and ten syllables. There you go. That, that's, that's, that's talent, talent, man. I mean, to be able to, to do that, uh, I'm, I'm sure he probably did it deliberately, but maybe he didn't. Uh, but he's telling the story, and if he was able to to nail the sure. fact that these syllables all match up within this meter is really, really impressive. This is Party Pit. Yes, indeed. Man, that's really cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's relentless. Yeah. That is a virtuoso guitar riff going on there. Yeah. Very subtle. It's perfect. <laughs> See, this is the part where I'd go, I, I can take this one. <laughs> no, you take the solo. I'll get the... I got the rest of it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, you remember that... Um, uh, wave on wave. What's the, uh, the guy from the guy from Lubbock? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I cannot place that, but I know the, the lyric you just sang. I know what you're talking about. You wave on wave. I mean, that's, that kind of has it's that like good. sure, sure, but very much Americana. Yeah, yeah. That was Pat Green. Yeah, that, that, I had to think about that for a second. Pat, Pat Green's Wave on Wave. This kind of has that similar sound. Yeah. Like, similar vibe, maybe, I should say. Yeah. Waves of Grain type Americana. Ooh, that's so ominous sounding. It is. Ooh. All right, keyboard player, this is your moment. <laughs> yeah. 
This is the Phantom of the Opera section of the album. And the big guitars again, of course, which is great. Yeah. I love his tone on the guitar because that guitar really has a bite to it that, uh, man, that's so unique. For, it, yes, absolutely. For, for, for a sad, uh, contemplative album, I mean, that, that bite is really, really unique. It, it's a rock and roll album. And I love this line. He, he referenced it, he sang it earlier in one of the choruses, but they just do this as an outro that I'm just going to walk around and drink some more. It's just so, like, evocative. Just hanging out at a festival or something, just walking around just randomly, just yeah. popping beers, you know? Just look at the people. Yeah. Or maybe he's walking around the streets, you know. Maybe <laughs> either way, sure. Yeah, I mean, you take it out of the party pit. You take this as someone who spends a lot of time walking on his own. Yeah. Like I hear accordion back there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, kind of that little Irish ditty. Yeah, we almost had a little bit of a Pogues thing going on here. Oh, we're going to do a Pogues album. We got to. But you know what I mean? That it does have kind of a Pogues vibe to it, it if totally you think does. about it. I mean, it totally does, yeah. It's talking about some of the same lyrical content. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if, it, if it's a Pogues song, it's going to be about drinking. Well, right? that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> Certainly ain't about going to the dentist. I, I, this song is fantastic. This, this I is love really this song. guitar yeah. riff on this. It's so good. Well, it, it, the story is he's talking to a girl, and he's telling the girl, "This is you can make him like you." He's telling the girl, you know, just kind of giving her advice, kind of like a, yeah. su- a sage soothsayer. He's giving advice and maybe, maybe kind of ridiculing her a little along the way. Well, I think there's a lot of ridicule there. Here's that guitar again. You don't have to know how to get home. Let your boyfriend tell the driver which way to go. It only gets kind of weird if you want to go home alone. And the whole thing is punctuated with that thought process. Yeah. It's almost like he's talking to a girl and saying, "You're not, you're not capable of doing this on your own." Uh, or, or you can, but it's just going to be, you know, you don't like to go home alone. You don't like to have to talk to the drug dealers, you know, so this is kind of weird for you. But of course you're going to get someone else to do it for right. you. And that's the thing. If you get tired of your boyfriend, there's always other boys, there's always other boyfriends. I get that in my head, that hook right there. Yes. I get that in my head all the time. Absolutely. This song is one that will stick with you. Wow, that's, that's deep, man. That is. Wear his old sweatshirt and cover yourself like a bruise, and that's very evocative. Well, he, he's saying you don't have to go to the right school. Just bury somebody who's just grab a guy. Yeah, just grab the right guy. You don't have to make money. Wait for someone else to make money. Just grab it. Yeah, just grab the right guy. That's all you need. He goes, if you get tired of your boyfriend's things, if you get tired of your boyfriend's friends, if you get tired of the car he drives, if you get tired of his... I mean, it's just that... There's always other boys, and you can make them like you. Yeah. You don't have a problem until you start sleeping alone. <laughs> so you just get high. Just get high. Just get high. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, that... Again, the duplicitous nature of this album is that he's telling her, he's trying to give her advice, but he's also kind of ridiculing her. Or, or maybe even he's, he's doing it because he's upset. 
Now maybe he's mad at her. Like you don't you don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> Just go find another boyfriend. And there we end with it. There's always other boys, and you can make them like you. Yeah. It's fine. You can make him like you. That's a fun song. And once again, I think it's one of the catchiest ones on here. Yeah. This is Massive Nights. This is a big fun song. This is the prom song, right? The, the, the ballad of the prom? Sure, sure. I, I mean, he actually says prom, right? The guys are feeling good about their luck around. The girls are kind of flirting with a setting song. A little sizzle hi hat. And he closes it up here. We were all powered up on some new upper drug. That might be a pretty shuffle he's doing there. Dude, that Rayman Zarek organs is wearing me out, though. <laughs> Rayman Zarek of the Doors. Of the Doors, I mean, yeah. that sounds like a Doors organ. It, it does. It doors does. organ, right? Which is going on in the background nonstop. Whoa, everybody hands in the air. Yeah, hands in the air, anthem stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh. oh man, that's cool. There's your organ again. Yeah. Is, is there a more insufferable person in rock and roll history than Ray Manzarek? Well, that's a tough call, but man, he's uh he's yeah. a whipping to me. Like he absolutely thrashes my ass anytime I receive I agree. him. I don't know what it is about him, too, because he was just a kid when they were doing the door stuff, but something about him just thrashes me. I agree with you. There's our big harmonies again, and our sing-along anthem. Talking about all the things that are important to you in that moment, like when you're just a boy and girl in America, you know, the stuff that's important, the, the stuff that matters to you. Yeah, we were, we were talking, but there was a line there. He said, I was down on my knees when the chaperone said it was time to leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to go home. Yeah, we're having too much fun here. It's almost like a throwback, right? Like, because we, we've, we've heard it from these people in the album already where things are kind of depressed and dark, but man, they had some massive nights back in the day. They had some right? good times, yeah. Back in the yeah. day, things were cool, man. Charlemagne and Gideon and Holly had some really good times here. The wine was good, the music was right, and everything was having a good time. That's a pretty rough ending wow. to that song. <laughs> We just shook the bottle and sprayed it everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a buddy named Blake. Hey, Blake. Uh, I don't know if he came up with it or not, but there was a there's a party in Texas called Chili Fest. Sure, yeah. down in Snook, Texas. And uh, when you shake up a beer and spray it all over somebody, you're chili festing that beer. You're chili festing. <laughs> Blake, that's I, good. I like that. Blake is a good Aggie. Blake and I have chili fested a beer or two in an Aggie game. Uh, that, that song ends up with she had a gun in her mouth and she was shooting up at her dreams when the chaperone said we'd been crowned the king and the queen. And then the song is abruptly over. And it was just over. I mean, they were yeah. having a good time and then just like she had a gun in her mouth. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa Wait, whoa, what? What? Whoa, hold on. So I, I had a note on here. I had Brian Adams, Summer of 69, Bruce Springsteen, Bobby Jean, 
Billy Joel Italian restaurant. Those are the notes that I made. Like kind of, this song it. reminded you of, or was a throwback to those yeah. three songs. I, I can it's, see it's that. It's like sure. a coming of age ballad that he has, uh, but it ends up in the things song. were so good back then. I mean, it, it, and everybody remembers things and like that. Right. But he, you're right. This whole thing is about how great things were. Yeah. yeah. But it certainly doesn't end like that. <laughs> Not at all. This, this is such a sad song. This is a, this is a fun one though. I, I like this song. Citrus, yeah. Boozy, rambling love song to the bottle and to the bar. I like his. Uh, they're not subtle, but they're fun. There's religious references and the, the line in here about the kiss from Judas. I mean, I think it's just great. You can think of like somebody at the end of the night who's drunk and just kind of barely hanging on, to, right, to consciousness. And he's saying, I mean, he's, he's even slurring his whiskey. I'm coming to you with Richard Fingers. I see Judas in the hard eyes of the boys work in the corners. Wow. Yeah. Jesus in the clumsiness of young and awkward lovers. So that's our first male prostitute reference. Yeah. Reference, yeah. So it, again, Lou Reed. I mean, yeah, this is I can see like that. Walk on the wild side, absolutely. Right? And Never. I think we had an accordion there again for a second. I mean, you think about that on the wild side song. He goes, uh, "She never lost her head, even when she was giving." Even she gave it right. Yeah, uh, but that was a boy that it was a transsexual right. that he was talking about. So I mean, it, again, back to the the male prostitution, I guess. But that listen. You got to do what you got to do, right? You can't help <laughs> trying to get by in the world. It is but, what it is. But but that that really is in both of those songs is trying to highlight the fact that when you get down to the very end of the bottle, and you've got to have something to keep you going, the decisions you will make to yeah, that, keep that, that going. That's what yeah. you're left with is the boys working the corners. Absolutely. I feel Judas and the pistols and the pagers that come with all the powders. Lost in fog and love and faithless fear. All that kisses that make Judas seem sincere. I, I think that's a, just a really cool line. Lost in fog and love and faithless fear. All that kisses that make Judas seem sincere. I lost in fog and love and faithless fear. Ah, that kisses that make Judas seem sincere. Lost and fought. You know, in that last verse, he had that back and forth. You know, Je- he feels ah, Jesus in the tenderness of honest lovers and Judas in the pistols and the pagers that come from all the powders. Wow. I mean, it's. It's so s- dirty, right? Very, very much so. Yeah. Lost and of course, you know, that, that that upper Midwestern, like, religious imagery that makes sense in the song, right? I mean, you know what he's talking about. Yeah. And here we go. Okay, so this is probably the most chill unique. out tent. This yeah. is chill out tent. So we're at a we're at a festival. Uh, it says Western Massachusetts is where they were. Right. There was a stage and a PA in Western Massachusetts, and it's about a boy and a girl who end up at a at a concert and end up getting so fucked up that they have to go to the medic tent. Right. Right. They end up they have to go to the chill out tent and hang out. Singer is Elizabeth Elmore. She was in a group called Sage. I was going to ask you if you knew who the background guy singer was, but I think you do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it yet. There's going to be a background guy singer in just a second. 
those of you following at home, who is that background guy singer? So the girls already said, I got high and I met you in the chill out yeah, tent. It took her to the chill out tent because she was way messed up. And what, of course, what did they give her to make her feel good? Oranges and cigarettes. Yeah. That is a great lyrical play. (laughs) Who is this guy? Also, a Minneapolis band. It is a popular in the nineties. That's not not Prince, though. No, that's Dave Perner from Soul Asylum. Yeah, that's right. So, Soul Asylum of Grave Dancers Union. Grave Dancers Union, the huge, huge album in the early nineties. Yeah, massive, massive grunge influence. Grave Dancers, absolutely. Yeah. I love Craig's like narrator position he's put himself into here, where he's it's like he's telling, he's telling the story you, yeah. of these, these two party people who have come together in the medic tent. So he just referenced is he straddling from Guns and Roses? <laughs> Guns and Roses, yeah. And he said that she was trying to light a parliament. I mean, that is a very specific cigarette, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. You ever smoke a parley? I'm sure I have, dude. They've got an inset filter. Oh, that's right. They yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun. Like when you don't smoke, smoke kids, it's bad like, for you. Smoke smoke is terrible, but it's a lot of fun. Don't smoke I, kids. It's like the filter when you smoke. You'll the, love it. Don't do it. The, the tar <laughs> makes like it looks like a spider web. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> When I was listening to that, I was like, man, that guy sounds familiar. Who the hell is that? And I looked it up and was like, this is a guy from Soul Asylum. That's one of those, damn it, I know that. What's something bad is here? That's exactly right. And I never saw that boy again. So they saw each other, they fell in love, and they never saw each other again. And they never saw each other again, yeah. That's good harmony. Man, that's cool. What a great song. I was kind of annoyed by it at first because her voice is so thin, but also that innocence that she brings is well, but she, really pretty. Yeah, she sounds like a, a teenager, like a young girl. At the festival, so it who, works. Who right. got screwed up at a, <laughs> right. at a concert, right? Okay, so this is my favorite song on this album. Southtown Girls 06. Oh, man, I love this song. Man, that's so... It's such a negative way to look at life. It is. I love the harmony here. Southtown Girls won't blow you away But you know that they'll stay And then here comes the rock and roll. Ow. Exactly. That that line, you're right, that is such a derogatory. Hey, you know, they're not great, but at least you know they're not going to leave you. you know, it's a very huge insult, right? Well, it's that audacious way to look at life. You know, just like, life sucks. and uh, But at least, you yeah, know, it could be worse. You know, it could be dead, I guess. You know, these girls, they, they won't, they're not the greatest girls in the world, but at least they'll hang around when you're lonely. I love the way this kicks into something completely different here. That's hot. Yeah. Rock and roll. That drum sounds good. 
I love it when the bass kicks in, just the way he plays with it. What a thick tone that is. I think it's cool the way he does this on a couple of songs here, where he's telling you exactly where to go. It's like he's giving coordinates. It's like he's giving instructions to... I I think he's giving instructions to the guy he's supposed to meet, right? Go down here, go down here, go over here. Yeah, go this way, go this way. Don't look me in the eye. Look over at the theater. I'm a little bit surprised you didn't tell me there was going to be three of you. (laughs) I would assume that's the way those things go down. I would assume so. When you're buying something you're not supposed to be buying. Like a watch? Oh, yes, sir. Don't look me in the eye. Look over by the theater. If things look weird, just keep going, you know. And we're back to the chorus again. And just so we're clear, this is about prostitution, right? This is about a girl you're hiring? I would assume so, yeah. yeah. They won't They won't blow you away, but you'll know they'll stay. Right. Don't look me in the eyes when we're doing this. You know, right. look away. I'm paying you to do this, now go away. And it says, now I think they're almost through with you. And so the perspective here isn't so much... It, it's not from the perspective of the guy. It's telling the story of the girl. This is where she's ended up. She's ended up on the street having to turn tricks to support her party lifestyle. I'll buy that. Yeah. And that's what... I get. It's so sad. This is such a sad album. Like a burnout album. It is. That was a super hot dueling guitar solo, by the way. And now we get a harmonica. That's cool. Hear the harmonica echoing him? Yeah. That's a great dirty guitar riff. That's cool. If anything seems weird, just cruise. Just keep on going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I love the reference to meet me in front of the party city. I wonder if like on the Sopranos, like fans of the Sopranos can go to like North Caldwell and do tours of the Sopranos. I wonder if like fans of the Hold Steady ever go, okay, it says here, take Nicolette to the Vietnamese. Take take Lindell to Southside. (laughs) There's a rainbow's food around here somewhere. Yeah, we got to find the rainbow food. Don't look him in the eyes, though. (laughs) Just don't look him in the eyes. (laughs) It causes all sorts of shit. Don't do that.
Now, I believe that the original release of this album, that was the last song. That right? ended there, correct. Right. And so you got the two bonus tracks. So there are two bonus tracks. We went ahead and included them because... Uh, Why not? Yeah, they're good songs. Yeah. So the, again, with that really negative way to look, the song is Girls Like Status. Girls Like Status. Yeah. Guys Like Looks, Girls Like Status. Yep. Man, that's cool. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. Like this is good drinking music, right? Absolutely. This is this is this is bar rock, man. I mean, yeah, they want to hang out in a bar and drink and listen to these guys put on a show. I just don't want to know the words because I read the words and we get way depressed in the bar. That's that's a good point. He talks about Penetration Park, by the way. Uh, The first line is he was drawn up in the dark up in Penetration Park. Uh, He's referring to Loring Park in downtown Minneapolis, which is a local drug hookup and prostitution. Uh, Nice. Okay. Okay. Cool. That puts it in perspective. Yeah. Hear that sha la 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 in the background. I mean, there's a lot of reference to like happy, bouncy rock and roll music here. Yes, Sean and I, of course, shit that absolutely, you know, the, yeah. You know, the, the fine kind of the early '60s stuff that was just like girls and boys love and stuff. This this is a happy go love lucky rock tune until you read the lyrics. Yeah, you read the lyrics, and I mean, this isn't about love. This is about heartbreak. Yeah, he was deadlocked in the dorms in his Colorado corn. Says he's got your vegetation. Smoking, trying to get emancipation. I mean, this is good stuff. Bleaching out the blood stains. Sound like a locust. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to impersonate a locust. No. That high pitch. I wonder which CD that is. I'd like to know. That is an interesting tune. I mean, just the the whole the whole feeling of that entire song is just it's, it's I don't I don't even know the word to describe it. It's just so negative. Well, lyrically, yeah, but once again, it's like everything else in this album. This is a big anthemic sing along background voice, the shinana na, and the, the big chorus at the end with the girls and guys like singing back and forth at each other. Right, but the lyrical content. Is not smiley happy yeah, w- yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, and I, I think he's kind of telling a little bit of a. It's almost like he's warning against it. Like this is what sure. could happen to you if you don't watch out. Yeah, I agree. Wow, we're down to our last song in this album. Uh, this is Arms and Hearts. Uh, a couple of references here. He talks about. Uh, he says the band played ice cream castles. 
Who sang Ice Cream Castles? That's your trivia. Who sang Ice Cream Castles? Mm. The answer is Morris Day and the motherfucking time. Really? Yeah, Morris Day and the time sang Ice Cream Castles. Ice Cream Castles. That's right. Nice. Good job. Uh, So when we get into the chorus here, uh, this reminded me so much of a little song that my grandmother used to sing that went Maresy Dotes and Dozy Dotes and Little Lambsy Divey. And so he's going to get into arms and hearts and alcohol and faith. Arms and hearts and alcohol and faith just kind of reminds me of that. Gotcha, that kind of that little thing. Notes and little lambs and A little yeah. bouncy thing, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So this is arms and hearts. Felt like six or seven seconds But I guess we went coast to coast To me he didn't seem all that holy And I guess he might have been that ghost And I'm not saying That he came off all that hot He burned a hole in me eventually I can't believe they didn't include this on the it's original a, it's album. a really good track. What a great way to end this album, too. Of your most holy trinity. There's one of those tail-offs that he does where he's just like, so da 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 Like he's squeezing as many words in as he can. Right. I got so much positivity. It's like guitar string bending here. Like he's running the pick against the guitar string. Yeah, he's just messing so with it. The positivity reference is funny because their next album is Stay Positive. So it would have been a good one to end with. This is like end of the night. Everything's hazy. I gotta do this again tomorrow. It's almost got this like weird avant-garde thing going on, right? Uh, It's like 60s psychedelia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you mentioned like Lou Reed earlier and Velvet Under, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like... When all the drinking and all the partying and the screaming and the sing-alongs and all that's done and all we're all over with for the night. Yeah, all, all the one-night stands are done and you're sitting there and you're like, ah, I gotta go wake up tomorrow. We pull each other in, then we push it all away. Arms and hearts and alcohol and faith. Mary's idiots and dozy dots. I gotcha, gotcha. We pull each other in, we push it all away. There were crosses and crushes. Crashes and hassles. We were kissing in the center while the band played ice cream castles. There's ice cream castles. That's great. Arms and hearts and alcohol and death. She was awkward and thoughtful and descending into heaven, tripping wet. That's the second time, by the way, he refers back to, uh, I think it's Holly, is, is wet. Gotcha. I like how that line goes back and forth from arms and hearts and alcohol and faith to arms and hearts and alcohol and death. Yeah, just yeah. get back and forth. His ability to play in the in the musical frame of the words themselves like using words as a as a note is really cool i agree and 
he's way more interesting if you know the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then, like it, like we said early on, it adds such a dimension to what's going on as opposed to just this talky singing thing. If you know, you got the lyrics in front of you, it's a whole different ballgame. It totally is. And, and I'm so glad you made that point that, uh, oh, oh big rock and roll ending there. Yeah. Just hit the E string and let it ring. Just let it go. Just let it feed back for a little bit. And then we had the little (laughs) keyboard. I'm so glad you made that point uh, about the fact that, okay, so that's an interesting way to end this album, but it didn't end this album. The the actual album ended on uh, two songs ago. Southtown Girls. Yeah, Southtown Girls. And so that's how they ended the, the, the album. But, I think this is such a better way to end this album. I think this song belongs at the end of the album because it's such a, such a bookend to what we started off with, you know, Mm. from stuck between stations down to this, I think is a, is is a way better narrative. Now it ends fine with Southtown girls. And if that's what we'd left it with, then we, I think we would have been both very happy with that because that's my favorite song on the album. But this, this does add a lot to end it on this one. It really does. And if, and if you're telling the story of this is how the night went, right? Uh, this is like, you know, we were, in between stations and, you know, bouncing we're all over the place and happy. We're going to have fun. And at the end of the night, he's, you know, arms and hearts and alcohol and death, you know, the, the slur, the slurring <laughs> exhaustion. <laughs> I mean, you think about two drunks sitting there on the, on the, you know, like on the street corner. Uh, and he even says we pull each other in and then we push it all away. You know, right. We're, we're being very lonely together. You know, where our, our hearts are breaking. Our, uh, our souls are being crushed. And then uh, the way he plays on, there were crosses and crushes and crashes and hassles. I mean, that consonance that he's putting in there with that S's versus the sh sound. I mean, that is just that is so lyrical and so magical the way he does that. Well, he's got a he's got a little lyrical section back towards the beginning. I think we were talking when it happened, but he said there were amber waves of grain and hawks and rustle thrushes. There were serotonin rushes, and there were purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. Wow! I mean, what are we all get that, right? I mean, you know where that reference comes from. But in this song, Boys and boys and Girls in America, we just ended our album about Boys and Girls in America, and there's the America the Beautiful, and it's not, you know, it's not wrapping up so nicely for those guys. Not at all. And, and back to that feeling of Americana, you know, when we go, America is, we started off, the American dream, you know, building yourself up and rags of riches and bootstraps and all that crap. When he's going, no, Americana is this. This yeah. is what America the three is. Of, the, our th- the three of them, their America is uh, drugs and prostitution and alcohol and sleep, you know, sleeping all day and staying up too late and ending on this track. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and how's the future going to look for these? You know, well, for them, it's not. You know, like Boys and Girls is such a sad place to be for Boys and Girls in America today. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it ends on a very uh, on a low note, if you will. Very somber. Yeah, yeah. for our very for morose. Our, for our cast of characters. Yeah, absolutely. Good album, man. That was a really good pick. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, there was a lot. It's so much fun to listen to. Yeah. But it's so much fun to talk about all the stuff that Craig has to say, too. I sure. Mean, that guy is so so fantastic at what he does, but the, the band behind him is just amazing as well. Yeah. So. Hell of an artist. Hell of a musician. All of them are, are really good musicians. Uh, the uh, the inclusion of Elizabeth Elmore and, and Dave Perter in there. That's fun. What, That's what, fun. A, what a cool cameo. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know her. Um, I, I did look her up, though. Apparently, she quit the music business and became a doctor. Really? Well, that's not how that happens every day. <laughs> she was a musician while she was going to med school. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, I was not familiar with her at all, but obviously I was quite familiar with Dave Perner. I, like everybody else our age, I listened to Grave Dancers Union quite a bit when it came out. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, th- this has been the Hold Steady's 2006 album, Boys and Girls in America. We appreciate you being with us. I'm Michael. 
That's Jason, and this is our favorite albums. Thanks for hanging with us. 